Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. Hosted by Nick Morowski and Pat Hester. Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, episode 171. I am Nick Morowski, and this is a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. You can find this podcast everywhere you find podcasts. Uh, we are on social media. We've got a Facebook fan page, and we are on Twitter, at GoodGuysTV. Uh, so much to get to on this weekend that was as the Sox dropped three of four to the mighty and healthy uh, New York Yankees. Uh, but first, uh, let me bring in my co-host, Pat Hester. Hello, sir. Nick, it's good to talk to you. And you you talk about those Yankees, man, the the chasm that is between the Yankees and the White Sox right now is vast, deep. I don't know what else I could say right now, but it's humongous. Yeah. And uh, I hope I hope and, and I know we're going to unpack it a little bit. I hope these Sox look themselves in the mirror and go, if this is a team that we're going to have to get through to get where we want to go. First of all, get you have to get over 500. Secondly, you have to start uh, being in first place in your division. But if that's where you want to be, you, you got a lot of work to do. And there's got to be yeah. moves to be made at the, at, the, uh, at the deadline, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, there there is a lot to unpack, uh, but those are good points, and I think we're gonna we're gonna get to some of those. Uh, State of the Sox, uh, Sox are sixteen and seventeen. Uh, they are chasing the Twins in the AL Central, who are playing Oakland right now. Uh, Sox lost five to one on Sunday, uh, despite New York only having two hits in the entire ball game. Yes, they had two hits, and they beat our Sox five to one. Uh, Sox lose three of four, tons of inconsistencies, and uh, we're outscored this four-game series 32-15. Uh, to 15. Um, Pat, coming into this series, uh, Rick Hahn was asked by the media, essentially, you know, how does he view uh, this series with the Yankees? And, you know, it's essentially what Rick Hahn said, you know, I'm going to try to cut through all of the Hahn speak as... Han said, well, these are four games in May, and I think the fans, you know, might uh, build them up bigger than they are, uh, but our team is going to look a lot different uh, towards the end of the season in October. So if you want to use this as maybe a measuring stick, I mean, okay, but they're just four games in May. Um, do you feel uh, that fans bought that at all? I don't buy it, and I know you and I have a lot of – uh, friends that are Sox fans and and people that follow us on social media that feel that you know similar to to you and I and I don't think I wouldn't buy that if he's selling that I'm not buying it and guess what you've got more games in May with this team so you are you just okay with three more losses in their building and and again you're going you're building that narrative that we built last year in terms of they can't beat the good teams. You're going to have to show up and play these teams at some point if you want to get to where you want to get to. And you know what? Uh, maybe put up a team that's going to at least compete. Give yourself the best opportunity to win some games. I, I mean, there's no reason to me. Now, it's May, right? It, it You can talk a little bit, and it's okay if you want to talk a little bit in April and say it's early and uh, and all that BS. But now it's May, and and to me, this is the time that we need to be stacking wins and stacking series of, you know, series on top of each other. And when you stub your toe like this, I mean, let's be honest, Nick, I would be, I would have been satisfied and maybe uh, this is a loser's mentality. I would have been satisfied with a split. I mean, seeing this team come in the Yankees and how much better they are than us, I would have been fine if they would have won today and split the series. What say you about that? Um, after the emotional win, um, on Saturday, uh, if Michael Kopech and Hey, Michael Kopech's line goes like this, six innings, one hit, four walks, three strikeouts. There was a pass ball. I mean, Hey, aside from that second inning mm -hmm. where he threw, you know, a hundred pitches, he had a pretty damn good afternoon. Yeah. Um, the offense did nothing to help him out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if, if Kopech gives that line, which you should win with that line, okay, you, you, the Sox should have won by issuing only two hits to the mighty New York Yankees. If the Sox, you know, had some offense going, okay, I could stomach it. 
you know, you got punched in the mouth on Thursday and Friday. You came back on Saturday um, and you finished the job on, on Sunday and you split. You got some momentum heading into a Kansas City where you're going to play five games in four days. My issue is is how they were beat. Mm-hmm. OK, you know, when we when we look nowadays and uh, you look at a pitcher's record, well, you can't anymore because that does not tell the whole story. A pitcher's yeah. record doesn't tell the whole story. Well, when you look at, um, you know, the Sox record or, or how they would split or maybe even 16 and 17 and people are saying, well, they're only one game under 500. But how are they playing? I mean, how are they really playing? What are the teams that they have beat recently? Cubs, Boston. Okay. You know, I'm not too excited about those types of wins. So if you were able to split with New York and played them tough, played them really tough, I would have been extremely happy, as would other Sox fans. What we said, Pat, before we recorded last episode is we previewed the New York um, episode a little bit. I was hoping Cease was going to give you a much better performance. Because I look at Cease and Kopech, Pat, as your future. Hey, I love that Dallas Keuchel did what he did on Saturday. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, and let's see if you can make sense of what I'm trying to say here. It's kind of, it's kind of sad that like we got our win with Keuchel because Mm -hmm. I don't think Keuchel's the future of the White Sox. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not a guy that is going to be our ace moving yeah. towards uh, the rest of the season and into the postseason. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, thanks for that one May win against the uh, Yankees, uh, Keiko, but you're going to be off the uh, ALDS roster once again. I, I just don't see he's going to be able to survive when Giolito continues his strength, Lynn comes back, Kopech C. So what I wanted to see was our futures, you know, yeah. our future stoppers, like they have Garrett Cole, Okay, and they rolled him out, and he was un—he was untouchable. I wanted to see that from Cease and Kopech, like what well, I Cease, saw from Kopech. See, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just going to say Cease. I mean, his outing was equally as confounding if you think back to it. I mean, the stuff he had and the strikeouts he had in the in the innings, he, he was—it was almost unbelievable. But it seemed to me, and and I could be completely off. He, Cease missed on a couple of pitches that weren't called strikes. Now they weren't necessarily strikes, but the Yankees have made, uh, you know, themselves on being patient. They're not going to swing at balls out of the zone. They're very disciplined. They know where the strike zone is. And I think another team cease would have rolled. He would have rolled with the stuff he had and featuring a a 72 mile an hour change up that it's like, "Ah, I'm just trying this out. The stuff was fantastic. But when yeah. he had to come into guys and 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 groove it in there, they didn't miss, and they didn't miss miss a stitch. So, I think. Cease but you knew stuff, that going in, though. Yeah, right? I mean, the scouting right. report on but, the Yankees was well known. They're patient. They, they walk. They have great yeah. on base percentage. So I like what Cease uh, unveiled, which Stone mm-hmm. talked about. Cease uh, throwing his change at five percent of the time going mm-hmm. into uh, the game, and here he was displaying it quite often. Stone thought he might have been tipping his change up and and Yankees kind of caught on to it what I was hoping is like you know what the Yankees are going to do so beat them you know yeah. and good p- pitching will always beat good uh, hitting in my mind yeah um, and, and and I think he went back to I think he went to that change too much then it was like nice to feature when it was it seemed almost unhittable at times but you're right. He he may have been tipping it, and he was leaving it up. When you leave a changeup up, that that's probably. I, I I mean, it's unbelievable the eleven strikeouts. Mm-hmm. But he had ninety pitches after four innings, mm-hmm. you yep. know, and and he gave up what six earned runs, something like that. So in this era of max effort, swing and miss stuff, um, that's the that's the other side of the coin. Is yeah, yeah you get the strikeouts, man, and the strikeouts are great. Those are individually wonderful. But you, what are you doing to your bullpen? Because that kind of hurt us, um, you know, going into Friday. I mean, we had to log a lot of innings Thursday mm-hmm. to cover him. And there was obviously issues with Graveman, you know, and Kelly. And, you know, boy, if you're trying to follow who needs what time of day off and everybody's workload management. And I wasn't following this years ago. Um, and I'm sure it was around, but... The fact that guys have like predetermined days off or just aren't going to be available for certain situations 
you know, I kind of get it with pitchers, but man, with position players, it's tough to wrap my brain around. There's no doubt about it, Nick. I mean, you and I are going to sound like two old men right now. And that's, (laughs) you know, quite frankly, we are, we are there because again, you you knew what the lineup was going to be from day in and day out once in a while when it was different or somebody had a day off, it was kind of like, what they're not playing today. That's crazy town. And you knew who was playing, you knew who the starters were, and the guys on the bench never played. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like, okay, fine. And and that's how you went, and that's how people played the game. And that's, quite frankly, how the Yankees played this series. They right? sure they, did, they, man. They didn't use their bench. You know, uh, I think Chuck Garfine talked about it in the post game on Sunday. Um, Yankees could have taken some, some days off without taking days off. They could have rested Judge, Stanton, maybe Donaldson, LeMayhew, um, they rolled those guys out. They mm-hmm. rolled them out, and, you know, it, this is not like it was a division game. You know, we are clearly on paper a weaker team, and then we showed it actually playing the games. But Yankees said, you know what, we're going to pound you. We're going to beat you down. Um, we're going to send our A team out every single game. You want to rest, guys? Great. But, but we're, you know, we're, we're trying to get something consistent mm-hmm. going here. And we're trying to create some momentum. Um, so you do you, do you, and we're just going to steamroll you. Yeah. You know, and I like what you talk about that, too, with, with momentum, Nick. It just seems like this team, this year anyway, has not been able to find any kind of momentum. Even with the six-game winning streak, even with the six-and-two start that we had, it never really felt like anything was moving like you thought. Like, okay, today we're going to turn on this game today and – yeah, the, I, I'm not even concerned about it. I'm not even going to worry about it. We're going to win this game the way we've been playing because there's always like you're wondering who's in, who's out, who's not playing, who's resting, who's hurt, who's now on the COVID list. What's happening with you? You never felt any kind of consistency like from day in and day out. You could count on anything with this team so far this year. I'm looking forward to the time when we can get to that point. I guess my fear a little bit, I was thinking about this today, Nick, was you know, at some point, this team will rattle off, you know, uh, eight of 10, you know, 15 of their of, of, of 18, something like that. they're, they're going to have a really good stretch, get over 500 and kind of like like last year, just kind of cruise and then play 500 ball. It seems like that's what that's how they finished up last year. They had a couple good streaks in them and then they played 500 ball the end of the year. So is that's that's kind of where they're at now is this 500 ball ball team and we'll get a streak here or there get over and just kind of ride it from there. Yeah, I, look, the potential's there. I mean, the hope is there. I mean, this this conversation you and I are having and other Sox fans have on social media and are probably having, you know, with their friends, uh, coworkers, family, um, you know, going into Monday and throughout the week as the Sox are on the road. Uh, it will be perceived as negative. Why are you going negative? Why Why do you have to be? This is reality, folks. I mean, mm-hmm. if you do not want to accept the reality, you know, maybe don't ask the questions or don't, or, or, or maybe just hide your eyes for a little while because the Sox are not in the caliber of the Yankees. They could be, you know. Who's saying that Lynn's going to absolutely come back and be 100% like he was last year, the, the Lynn yeah. we liked last year? Who's saying that Jimenez is going to come back and get right into it? The hope, sure, you know, you you want to assume, uh, but the, the guys that we have on this team right now, those are the guys that you've got to play with. And the, the guys on the pitching staff and on the bullpen that they paid all this money towards, uh, the Joe Kelly, you know, and beyond, these are the guys that need to step up. And walking the amount of players that we walked, okay, issuing 20 walks to Yankee players in the, in the series while only as a club taking nine walks, something's got to give there. I I don't know if it's mentality or why Pat. Well, and and that has been an issue the entire year is, is the walks Nick. And it's crazy to me that at some point, somebody has got to be held accountable to that. Is that the players or is that the hitting coach or is that the philosophy of the team? Wouldn't you think that with all the data that is collected, you know, and I'm not talking about anybody actually has to put pen to paper to collect data. It is already figured out for you. You know, there are so many different apps and websites and you can get so much information on what's going on, the game within the game. 
this has to happen, right? It makes too much sense for it not to happen to have for, for coaches and management to get together, you know, even on a, on a trip to Kansas city and just pour over some data and be like, you know, look at what's going on here. This is where we're getting beat. This is what's happening. And, and LaRusa spoke to it a little bit in the post game. You know, you, you got to have more discipline at the plate. You got to get on base. He, he even said he straight, Hey, a, a walk is as good as a hit. And, and the Yankees did that. They took yeah. their opportunities. And then, you know, like look at the game this past weekend where you had bases loaded and Judge hit a pretty lazy ground ball uh, kind of up the middle. Lurie was a little out of position, had to make the play, didn't have the arm for it. And Abreu was like half asleep and uh, Yankees scored two runs. Yeah. You know, that's because they had guys on mm-hmm. today, pass ball. Well, there were guys on because of walk. You get a, yeah. you get a run. You know it. It, it all adds up. Um, you that's mentioned somebody just there, like uh, this this Abreu guy. Oh, let's who, talk, man. Who is, let's, who is that yeah. guy? And and Pat, I, you know, you and I have gushed over Abreu, and I and I, I, you know, my feelings on Abreu. I knew I know your feelings. I know what the fan base, how they generally feel about Abreu. Retire his number, put a statue on the concourse. Um, he is always going to be a White Sox favorite. Um, he is, you know, currently uh, my favorite on, on the club, but he, at what point does somebody tap him on the shoulder and say, you know, we got to figure some things out with you here. You might not be able to play first base as much as you like, or you're going to have to take some days off every now and then. I mean, his numbers right now are scary. Um, I was looking at numbers and I, and I talked about it on the most recent lockdown socks episode. Last May in 2021, he had crazy numbers, Pat. Crazy, not only average, but RBIs, um, home runs. I mean, he's hitting well under 200 this month. Mm -hmm. His last 15 games have been um, scary bad. I mean, one home run, a small handful of RBIs. Uh, This series, today he was 0 for 5, this Sunday game. Mm -hmm. And the worry I have, Pat, is... You've got guys like Vaughn and Sheets, who Han has gone on record saying he's so bullish about. Okay, we saw Sheets flex his power. I love that in the DH spot for Sheets. Vaughn now is back in the lineup. He was tearing the cover off the ball before he got his hand injury. Jimenez is going to come back soon. So he's going to take over left field. So it's not like Vaughn's going to be over there in left field anymore. You got to play Pollock, right? I mean, he's the guy that you traded Kimbrel for. You got to you yeah. got to have him out in yeah. the outfield. So then now you've got Sheets, Vaughn, and essentially Abreu trying to figure out at bats. And if Abreu is going to be scuffling the way he is, and you're not going to say to him, "Hey, we have to make some changes here," or you're going to have to sit every now and then, how are you going to get Vaughn and Sheets those at bats that they sorely need? Right now, it's uh, it's not about sentimental feelings or, or it's about who's swinging the bat the best, because quite frankly, we don't have time to to mess around and and wait on a guy that that hasn't shown up this year. I mean, it's it's almost um, unfortunate and sad to watch him at the plate right now. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it, 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 two years ago, it was I mean, I don't think he missed anything. He didn't miss anything in the in that sixty game twenty twenty the MVP season. He didn't miss a pitch. I mean, no. it was that was that was unbelievable and scary. And now the to see it this year so far and and what he's done. And I know he's a traditionally slow starter, but by now, by now you know he what, should be have turned it around. Do you know what he? And I, you know, I'm going to get forgive me for for even thinking of this. But he looks like Edwin Encarnacion when he was Mm -hmm. with us, overmatched, you know, a little too slow with the bat because of age. I mean, Abreu's missing fastballs that are middle-middle that Mm -hmm. he would have been teeing off on and putting in the gap um, or, you know, in the bleachers. He seemed, he just, his swings just don't look right. He looks off balance. He looks like he's guessing. And then, and then it just, you could see him trying so hard to kind of break out of it. 
which means you're you're going to be more aggressive. You know, mm -hmm. you're you're just pressing too much. Yeah. Um, this dude has earned the right, I think, to to try to get himself right. But to your point, like at what when when do the sacks look at themselves and say, OK, like the kidding around is pretty much over here. Um, we need to make up ground and we need yeah. our hottest guys. Abreu, like I, dude, look at your numbers and look at what Vaughn has been doing in sh or sheets or or whoever. We we need you to take a, a back seat right now. That that's a tough. I can't even fathom how that would go. I don't know either, Nick. But it, something's got to change. I mean, he's just been invisible. And for as much as you and I had talked about in the beginning of the year, this this team you know, how deep the lineup potentially could be. And even with guys gone, I, I still think that the guys in that lineup with the potential they have with not even, not just even Jose, it's where's Yasmani Grandal? Where, where has that been? And you have those two holes in the lineup. It makes it, it exposes, you know, the other guys in the lineup right now that are filling in that, that are not supposed to be there. You, you should have guys like Yaz and guys like Jose covering up for the, the other holes and not having to think about those two guys as holes in your lineup right now. And we've talked about it too many times. It's, it's how TA goes, this team goes, but it's really a combo. It's a combo meal of, of Jose and TA. That's how this offense is always yeah. gone. When it's going yeah. well, Nick, yeah. those two guys are, are both contributing. And right now you got one guy that's not. Yeah. Uh, and you look at, speaking of just specific players, you look what the Yankees were rolling out there and especially the first two games, Stanton and judge just mm -hmm. ate our lunch. Yeah. And that is what I think Sox fans, you know, uh, our hope was is that we would have in 2022, just some fearful power hitters mm -hmm. that, um, you did not want to mess around with. And if you threw a mistake to, um, Good luck because yeah. that, that it's rarely going to stay in the ballpark. Um, you know, Robert is the guy that I think that can do that. And and he's been, hey, he's been hitting the ball over the last couple of weeks, but two home runs in the last 15 games. Yeah. And Mankata is Mankata and Sheets have been probably our most reliable with the long ball. Yeah. And Mankata's only been back for what four games, <laughs> you yeah. know, or so um I, you know that that's that is an issue that uh, goes along with the whole inconsistencies. It's like, when will things get consistent? And the, the narrative of, well, wait for Grandal to get his legs, wait, wait for Abreu to come around, wait for this, wait for that. Um, I agree with, Hey, that's a wonderful mentality to have. Th that's what I think keeps a lot of people from just crumbling up into a fetal position and crying themselves to sleep. But what if those things don't show up? You know, nothing, nothing is guaranteed, Pat, you know, yeah. it's nothing is promised. And we like to look at sample sizes. We like to look at numbers, but there's a, there is a time when eventually, Hey, you know, you're, you're a falling star. Um, yeah. and uh, Grandal looks absolutely lost apps. I mean, wow. I mean, if it is truly his legs are just trying to get right. And that's why he doesn't have the power stroke or anything. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of frustration with him not playing a lot and you're seeing McGuire and that goes with the whole, when are we going to get a consistent lineup? Yeah. No. And, and I don't know if you're ever going to see it, Nick. I, I just don't know. And it's, it's like, okay, wait for this, wait for that. I, I, I mean, I'm tired. How long is, am I going to be waiting for? That's, that's <laughs> yeah, like, can someone tell me like, okay, everything's going to be good by this point in time. It's, you, you have no idea. I, it's, I don't know. This yeah. team should be a lot better than it is right now, Nick. And I think you and I are just extreme. You and I you have, I mean, you have hope though, right? I mean, as a, as a <laughs> lifelong, I mean, do, I you, do, you, do you have hope have or do hope. you, or do you just have more of, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of in a, um, hope is such a weird thing. You know, it's like, I, because I'm a lifelong diehard, like I will always like be rooting for my team. I will always stick up for my team. But I think a while ago, I, I kind of just had to face reality and say, you know, maybe this team, although they talked a big game and they thought that they had a plan in place and everything, you know, maybe it isn't a promise to us. 
Maybe yeah. it isn't going to all work out. Yes, like we locked up young guys for a long period of time. We played the international game well. You know, we tried to bring in a few guys. You know, there's been so many mistakes made in the free agency. You know, we talk about, you know, some of the managerial decisions. But I think that's where I just say, you know, this is what it is. Evaluate it with how they are right now. And and they are what they are. They're sixteen and seventeen, and that's how they're playing. Well, and and Nick, you, we can talk all all day long about managerial moves and what Rick Hahn did or didn't do in the off season, but that doesn't change the fact that Yasmani Grandel should be a better player than he is right now. Jose Abreu should be a better player than he is right now. There's a lot of guys that should be better than they are right now. And I'm sorry, Liam Hendricks, you you've had some high highs and low lows this year. You should be better than you are right now. There's a lot of guys individually that we count on on this team that are all-star caliber players that, quite frankly, regardless of whatever was brought in or whatever the manager does, there's guys not swinging the bat well and there's guys not throwing the ball very well. And that has nothing to do with what the manager does. Yeah, I would agree with that. There were some decisions made uh, during this uh, Yankee series with when Banks was brought in, who he mm-hmm. was supposed to face. And yeah, those were head scratchers um, of why and then the reasoning why. Uh, and essentially, it all boils down to workload management and how he wants to look at the future games. And oh, my goodness, trying to understand what Larusa was trying to say with all of that. Do you think that's but, Tony? Do you think that's all Tony? I don't think the the workload management, I don't think is all Tony. I think like, for example, and Fegan wrote a really good article about it in the athletic regarding Graveman, you know, and I'm not saying this was necessarily in the article. I'm, I'm doing a little bit of hypothesizing. I think Graveman knows his situation so well that he's calling the shots a little bit. You know, he's, he's saying like, I know my worth as a human being, as an athlete, and I know my body and I don't want to damage my body for the future. Like, this is what I think I can give you guys. And this is what I'm comfortable with. And I think same thing goes to Grandal. Like they are looking so like maybe beyond where um, it's not just about today. They're not mm-hmm. playing for today. They're playing for like, you know, down the line. Um, that's just me hypothesizing. I, so I don't know we, if that's when true When we go or not. back to what you talked about earlier on and, and Rick Hahn's message, do you think this is part of the plan? It's like, listen, we're just going to have to tread water the first month or two, and then we feel really confident that we're going to turn it on. Do you think that's like, that's why the comments come out of these are just a couple games in May? You know, that's okay. We know See, that we stay close enough. I'm so not really concerned. I, I would say you're on to you're on to something there, um, especially with guys like Giolito that need to build back up, and you know. Um, obviously guys that we don't have yet, including Vaughn, uh, who's still going to be nursing uh, a bone bruise on his hand. What I found very interesting, if that is the situation, is then how they used Keuchel. Now, Keuchel had a really good point on Saturday's game. You were there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you had a great time, as worth almost 33000 It was the TA Field of Dreams a walk-off bobblehead, um, was able to see you on the concourse. You were kind enough to help me out in this situation. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was a beautiful night for baseball. I lent you my uh, Batman grappling hook, and you were yes. able to move from the upper level yes. to the lower level. Yeah. That's what friends friend, do that have absolutely. Batman utility absolutely. When you know how to kind of, you know, skirt around things, uh, it, it works. <laughs> Keuchel, which, you know, gosh, I cannot believe he did what he did. I've, you know, I've talked about on this program, you know, I've had some addiction issues uh, in in the past. I am so glad I don't have the ability or I've been able to curb the gambling of the addiction, because if I got involved, I would have put a lot of money on the fact that the Yankees were going to just score Mm -hmm. a ton of runs against Keuchel and he wouldn't make it uh, past three or four innings. However, we knew coming into the game that Sox pitchers had to eat innings because yeah. of all the games that were coming up, uh, especially in Kansas City, and some injuries that we have with arms and workload management, this, that, and the other. Keuchel, um, you know, he gives you five innings, gives up four hits, zero earned runs, three walks, three strikeouts, 86 pitches. Unbelievable performance from Keuchel. Wow, job well done, a miracle. 
he pops off after the game in post-game comments about how upset he was that he got pulled after 86 pitches. He thinks he could have gone 100 pitches. Look at what's going on on this team. They need arms. I'm ready to eat innings and go. You know, what are they doing? So, I, hey, Keuchel's got a point there. I definitely yeah. didn't want to see the Yankees face him a third time around, you know, yeah. in, into the sixth inning. However, if these are just games in May, why don't you let Keiko go then? Save your bullpen. Yeah. You know, like it, that's that's the that's the weird thing of well then okay, these aren't just games in May. You played May like a playoff game or I'm sorry, you played Saturday like a playoff game then. Yeah. I I don't it's uh it's a little confounding especially, you know, with, with a guy that is not exerting himself like other guys are you think he's fresh enough he's he's a veteran that knows his body i i kind of like that out of him you know because i think he looks at and he re, he probably hears and reads and knows that he's been an achilles heel on this staff and he looks at other guys in the staff that have you know that are high strikeout rate guys that are getting all the love and it's like listen I, i'm still here too and i was brought here for a reason a couple of years ago and i still have worth and and good for him to to kind of bring that to light i i gotta see it one more time though before I, i'm, I'm I, I, yeah i but i'll tell you what it, it was vintage 2020 Dallas clock saturday night really well he he did exactly what he needed to do if you want that type of pitcher that is a pitch to contact guy. It's very, you know, it's very rare. Yankees kind of threw one on Sunday, kind of lull you to sleep, mm -hmm. rock you to sleep, you know, with, with the cutter and the sinker and the changeup. And Keiko lulled the Yankees to sleep. Yankees are a fastball hitting team. They'll mash your fastball. You, you, mm -hmm. you think you got a fastball? Throw it. Yankees, Yankees will make you pay. And Keuchel did, you know, the complete opposite of what some of the arms uh, were, were doing uh, with our White Sox. Is he threw it 80s, you know, high 70s, hit corners, kept the Yankees off balance. He didn't leave anything middle-middle out over the plate, limited the base runners. And, and that's what Keuchel has to do to be effective. And he did what he needed to do w brilliantly. Mm -hmm. um, and But is that, you know... I guess moving forward, is that something that you think, you know, is going to be something sustainable? Like you can get over and over, like can Keuchel thrive on that type of stylings throughout the season and beyond? Well, I, he's looked like a different guy the last two games, Nick. So can he continue it? I, that would be, a, that would be a gravy. Uh, on top of the mashed potatoes. Well, really. the next his he's penciled to pitch in the series finale against the Royals on okay. Thursday. Royals are a terrible team. They're nine games under five hundred. Does that ever matter for us? No, no. That's the my that was my next conversation is mm -hmm. Kauffman Stadium, Kansas City. You and I have both been there yeah. for games. Yep. Uh, you know, traditionally, I think you're going to have a better meal. You're going to eat better out and about downtown Kansas city or different barbecue joints, then you are seeing a good Sox Royals game because the Royals play the Sox incredibly yep. tough in Kansas city. And these five games in four days where we have a lot of, you know, TBDs uh, starting um, man, I I'm sorry. Like I, this could be a great opportunity, you know, to take four or five. Yeah. Uh, and leave Kansas city. And guess what? Go right to, <laughs> go right to New York. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. Are you excited for possibly a Johnny Cueto experience? Um, wow. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, he could ride in on the white horse on one of his horses and save the day. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't know that I would say I'm excited about that, but you know, if we see it, see what we have. Yeah. Let's see what we have. But Steve Stone, who is um, he is a real instigator on on Twitter. He will start things. He will stir the pot, and I think people genuinely want to have conversations with him. I think and that's I think, a bad idea. I, I well, I know, and I don't get. <laughs> I don't really get though, like his angle. Like as somebody that is uh, been broadcasting for what 35, 40 years, you know. Uh, and what is he's got spare time to just like needle people on social media. <laughs> I, what is your angle friend? Like, and, 
and one of his big rants this past weekend, because he's always rosy, he's always got the rose colored glasses, you know, trying to just be uh, Mr. Sunshine, Don Rickles. Yeah. And uh, he he rattled off these guys that like, wait till we get these guys back. You'll see. And one of the guys he mentioned was Johnny Cueto. And I'm like, oh, in the year really? in the year 2022, are, are we really, you know, itching for Johnny Cueto? Is that where we're at? Wow. Did, I thought I thought 20, uh, 2022 was going to go a lot differently. Oh, well, I mean, it, yeah, if it's Johnny Cueto of like five years ago then yeah, I, I, I would love that. But I don't know what we have here. I, Nick, it's going to be, again, it's going to be kind of like mix and match. I think it's just going to be a, a, like, keep your head above water, stay around, hang around. And, and, and again, let's, let's hope and pray. And that's not any way that this, a championship team should be going into a season or performing in the first month and a half of the, of the year. It should be, let's be pedals down. I want to be the Yankees. Is it so much to ask to be the Yankees? Probably a little bit. This year, Yankees, healthy, dominant, um, guys that should be performing are performing. Yeah. That's, I think that's, that's the model that I think excited us so many years ago. And And you know what, you know what though, Nick, uh, let's think about this too. Maybe the Yankees are looking at it this way in the division they're in. They can't afford to be lackadaisical. They have to put as much distance between them and the Toronto Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays because that's a hell of a lot better division than we're in. We probably look at it and go, yeah, it's not so great of a division. As long as we can hang around, we'll be all right. Right? So you yeah, have two that- different mentalities. And that's probably why the Yankees aren't resting, guys. We, we should get out to as big of a lead as humanly possible because we know that this division is, not, is relentless and it's not going to stop. Well, you know, when uh, when it's zero zero or when it's a tie ball game, you know, or, or even when you have the lead, um, sometimes the sports phrase of playing to win instead of playing to just not lose is often mm-hmm. kicked around. And I that was a, another thing you and I have talked about over the years on this podcast. And I've talked with other Sox fans is playing to win aggressive Sox were doing it at the beginning of this year. You know, we mm-hmm. were stealing bases, you know, we were, we were attacking pitches and we had that low on base percentage and it was like, uh, but you know, we're being aggressive and it caught up to us, mm-hmm. you know, that, 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 uh, that point. styling, you know, that styling just didn't play out. It's like you burned, you kind of burned out mm-hmm. after a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, the, the way baseball is, is right now it's get it's getting on base, man. It's yeah. taking your walks. It's, it's getting a pitcher to to tax themselves, um, getting them to throw pitches, getting to another team's bullpen. Um, you know, so I, you know, I the question always is like, well, what did you expect? What did you want? Like, like, what do you want from this team? And and it is, it is. I, I want a team that just you know rolls out a consistent lineup and has some feared hitters and and a couple of arms that are just lockdown arms mm-hmm. uh, against number one teams. You yeah. know, like I don't want to be shaking because I see Garrett Cole. Um, I want to be excited because Garrett Cole is up against, you know, one of our horses. And yeah. I know we were missing Giolito because of COVID. And I know folks, Hey, Lance Lynn's not here yet. He will be here. We don't know what he's going to give us. Um, but you know, th- that's, those are the, the things that I was hoping for right now in may late may i'm sorry mid-may now 2022 yeah no i'm with you nick and boy this is uh this next you know you know five games in four days that we talked about with kansas city is a great time to get right and it's going to be hard because as we talked about kansas city plays this extremely tough especially there in kaufman stadium it's it's become a house of horrors in my entire life you know it's almost Mm -hmm. it's almost there is like the new metrodome oh boy metrodome that was the that's bad then it it feels like it's getting that way because it just feels like whenever we're there it's like a late inning rally it's a it's a screwed up play here a ball that finds its way into the corner and can't get dug out and guys are running around the base pads or it's you know it's it's perez you know putting one in the seats Mm -hmm, repeatedly mm -hmm. against us and it's like man how come every time with this guy so 
but again, you had mentioned this is a team that's nine games under 500. They're not a good baseball team. This is a team you have to take care of business against. And anything less, again, I mentioned it a while back of sweeping teams that are bad. And I don't know if you know winning all five games is going to be possible, but is it a must? I think it's a must. They have to win four games against Kansas City. Is that I, I think, all of an order? I don't think that's too tall. I'm just worried about, you know, knowing what I now know and what we know about guys' availability. I don't think Mankata plays every single one of those games, especially with the with the doubleheader. You know, you're going to see Grandal limited, whether mm. that's a good thing or bad. It's like, what, what's the point? What do, If he plays, who cares at this point? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, do you really think he's better defensively than McGuire from what you've been seeing? I think you no. can make an argument. You can make an argument that McGuire might be a better defensive catcher at this point from what you're seeing. And they're probably um, equal offensively right now. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it's, hey, to, to win four or five in Kansas City wouldn't be like out of the question. You know, nobody's going to say, wow, can you believe what the White Sox did? Maybe because of what happened, you know, this past weekend. But I, that would be I wouldn't bl- blink an eye and be and be so you know blown away. I would say they took care of business against yeah. a weak team. My issue is like what what arms are going to be throwing um, and, and how is this team going to respond? You know, because again, you go back to, OK, Han says it's four games in May. Do you think the players feel that way? Yeah, do I don't. The, I hope not. I would hope you, my players feel embarrassed. I, I would. I, that's what I wonder is, you know, because reading some of the articles and the quotes after the embarrassment against the guardians last Monday, that will always be that it will be always remembered as that Cleveland game. They knew that they needed to come back to work and they needed to get a win. And it wasn't a mess must win, but it was a big win. They, they knew it and no one had to say anything to them. And I got a feeling they, they look at this series, be like, wow, we really, man, and I wonder if, you know, because a lot of people have talked about body language, too, with the Sox team. You know, it's just there's something that we're kind of missing, uh, aside from Saturday's big win with the walk-off and everything. I wonder if they look around and be like, wow, yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we whatever people thought we were, uh, we're, not, we're not there. And it's mm-hmm. kind of embarrassing. And I don't know how to get back on the right track. I don't know what to do. Those are just things that I wonder about because we don't have access to that. We, we don't yeah. know what's going on. Well, and that's why I think this series is so important, Nick. It's, it's so important for them to get the good vibes back. It's going to be very important for them to get some momentum because otherwise you can just chalk up three losses in New York. I mean, you might as well just write them down with Sharpie. Yeah, talk about playing in tough places. I mean, playing yeah. in New York, uh, that's, a, that's a tough stadium a tough stadium to be at. Well, silver linings, Pat, I mean, some positives, some things that you thought um, have occurred recently that um, those are things to build on that you think, you know, can continue to spring this team forward. Well, I mean, still the offense really hasn't shown up and we're not, I thought we'd be driving the ball to the ballpark a little bit more with the warm weather that we experienced at home. It's just not really there yet. So I don't know that there's a lot there that I would say, wow, this was fantastic or this is great. Again, we mentioned it. We talked about Dallas Keuchel. I mean, that's a, you know, two games now in a row, one against an inferior team, another one against a, you know, excellent team, you know, two really good performances. Again, I, I'll go back and I'll talk about Dylan Cease. I mean, I know he gave up six runs, but the stuff is fantastic and electric. And unfortunately, he just he wasn't able to navigate his way through that entire lineup multiple times. So I I did like what I saw there. But outside of that, Nick, right now, over these in in recency bias, I guess it's just I don't know. There's I don't know that I have something that I can say, well, I can take that to the bank, you know, every Mm -hmm. day I can take, you know, this guy and I know what I'm going to get right now seems to be a crapshoot from game in to game out with, with everybody in this team. So I don't know. I don't know where the silver lining is. I hate to be yeah. Debbie Downer, but. Well, you're being realistic. And, and I'm sorry if reality seems negative or the reality is pessimistic, but it's, but it's real. You know, things could change. They have, but they have to do the changing. You know, they have to make the adjustments. This team 
has got to look at themselves and say, okay, this is why things are happening. Now, now we got to make some changes. Small changes can lead to big changes, you know, and then we could see some of those winning stretches that you were talking about earlier. Even though he hasn't been hitting the ball out of the ballpark, I have liked Roberts at bats. When Robert comes up, I feel like he he's a feared hitter. You know, for what he did yeah. against Chapman, who hasn't really given up anything on Saturday. And I know it was just a seeing eye single, but you know, when he hits the ball hard, it's how he gets that ball to be a yeah. seeing guy single because he's got some great exit velocity. Um, he just his presence, I like mm-hmm. it, just feels yeah. like he's going to start mashing the ball. He's staying healthy, thankfully. And I like that he's continuing to be put out there in center field. He hasn't taken a lot of days off recently. Yeah. You know, he's 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 been penciled in that lineup. I actually I look for his name anytime the lineup comes out. I'm like, I hope they're sticking with Robert. You know, yeah. I hope he keeps getting out there because I think he's the guy that could really break out and be the power hitter. Uh, what we've seen from Mankata in his short time back, wow. You know, a home run from the left side, home run from the right side, the power, get him out there consistently, man. I'd like to mm-hmm. see him build up some some muscle strength um, and, and, and play a stretch of game. So uh, despite Kopech's outing, um, you know, to give up a, just a hit, what, what, what was it, a hit against the, yeah. the Yankees in six innings? That's good. It's mm-hmm. just limiting – those breakdowns, man, when the wheels come off, they really come off for him. And he's, mm-hmm. he's, he is gone without those things for a while. So that's why it was such a shame when it did happen on Sunday, uh, such a mental piece of the game. So, yeah. um, yeah. And pitchers could be pressing too, because they know that the offense isn't going to supply anything. So it's like, listen, I, I, I'm walking guys I'm wild pitching and, you know, I'm letting the team down, but I got to do better because I, I don't know if my team's going to score a run or not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it was a tough weekend. You know, I, I watched every, every inning of it. And, uh, as I know a lot of folks did, of course, uh, that are listening and it's got to get better. It just mm-hmm. has to, um, I, I just, I just don't think a, you know, somebody's going to flip a switch. There has to be actual changes from, yeah. from a lot of different areas, uh, for us to see, um, different results. Than is what it we too saw. late though in the year to change your approach? I don't think, I, I don't think I mean, so. No, I, I don't think so. That you should be working on in spring training to prep for the year. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think so. You, you've heard over the years, you know, hitting coaches, even other players talking to other players and saying, Hey, I've noticed this and something you've been doing. And whether it's with your feet or your hands, yeah, I think you can make adjustments as pitchers can. You know, um, they're always working on stuff and and side sessions and stuff like that. I I think what is could be difficult is for you to say to somebody who's got an aggressive approach at the plate, like Tim Anderson, don't be Tim Anderson anymore and be and be patient and take pitches and try to walk. Um, you know, there's, there's other players on this team. You know, we, we used to talk about it quite a bit from Makata, but in the other way. Makata stopped mm-hmm. seeing so many pitches, mm-hmm. try to be aggressive and jump over that first pitch fastball. Cause you know, it's coming. I think that is what's really difficult. Um, Cause you're changing. Somebody's just like almost ingrained instincts yeah. of, of how to play um, and getting them to uh, think in a whole different uh, aspect that, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's a challenge. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it'll change Nick, uh, you know, right now, maybe, maybe it'll never change this year, but Boy, if this team wants to go where it needs to go, this is again. I don't want to put too much on this series, but I think this is really important. They they have yeah. to get on some type of roll and feeling good about themselves, and and really leave no doubt uh, in Kansas City. You know, they we talk. You you're you're a big fan of stepping on throats and, and leaving no doubt. And this is a series they need to do that because you need to pound them in submission and you need to try and feel really good about going into New York. Now, whether you ultimately go in and and play well and win, that'll that'll be determined, but you got no shot if you come in there limping. No, there's, I mean, those moral victories don't count for much. Um, but, uh, you know, as a player, Hey, we might've lost, but we played the game really well and, uh, things worked. You know, I made some adjustments and I like the positive results. We're on to something here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, hey, first things first, take care of business in, in Kansas City. 
you know, hopefully wipe this. Maybe it's better to get on the road, man. You could just focus on baseball. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, get into Kansas city, take care of business, and then hopefully ride that momentum. But, um, uh, I don't know, Pat, it's, uh, it was a tough weekend. Um, and, uh, uh, hopefully the next time we're talking, there's been some improvements, my friend. I hope so, Nick. And, you know, just, uh, before we jump out of here, I wanted to, even though this hasn't been the funnest uh, of episodes record and, uh, it hasn't been a lot of, uh, fun things on the field. <laughs> I do want to, uh, I do want to j- just say, you know, shout out to my dad who's yeah. going in for a procedure tomorrow morning and, uh, an angiogram. So dedicating this show to him, cause I know he listens and he's going to be laid up for a little bit. So yeah. Love you, dad. Good luck tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, so we probably should have done better. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this doesn't depress the hell. Hopefully, out. he like made it through the episode to get to this point. Yes. Yeah. Um, but no, we, I want to have him on an episode and my father on an episode eventually. Yeah, Father's line. Day. I'm thinking we do a Father's um, Day. And Father's somehow show. we'll have to figure out the technology for my dad. We'll figure that out. But <laughs> um, we'll, that would be that would be great because I, I do want to hear. I just want to, you know, I, I want to talk to your father about Lurie and just oh, man. the legend well, and, and get now him. You, uh, <laughs> now you got him excited. Got, we'll uh, do a whole show on the Leary legend. Well, yeah, we're thinking of you being Yomer Sanchez. And, uh, we'll, start, sure. we'll start with Leary <laughs> and then we'll transition to Yomer. What a show be, that will be. be. Happy. What a show. What a show. Um, we'll definitely tease that well ahead of time so everybody can get ready for it. Um, Pat, uh, always a pleasure, buddy. Love talking sacks with you, my friend. Yep. Next week we'll do it again and hopefully uh, and then we'll be in better moods. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, folks, it is, uh, you know, it goes without saying that we really appreciate you listening, passing this podcast along, being with us for uh, so many years. You can find this podcast everywhere you find your podcast, uh, pass it around, and hopefully these conversations continue amongst uh, your groups of friends and family and other Sox fans. Uh, we're on social media. We got a Facebook fan page and on Twitter at Good Guys. Uh, TV. For Pat Hester, I am Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox!